0: Glory, America, Bulger High, Canada. Greetings to the rest of the globe listening via huhewitt.com. Good morning to all of you watching on Univision. That music is normally played in the last radio hour of the week, but we have a special Hillsdale dialogue this week. uh, in the second hour of the first day of radio on Monday at seven oh six in the east, four oh four in the west, and that's because Dr. Matt Spaulding, the director of the Kirby Center, which is the lantern of sweet reason in the shadow of the Capitol joins me this morning for a special conversation. Matt, uh, good morning to you. I hope you had a great weekend, despite the grim news from Poway and other places around the country.
1: I I, I did. I did. And uh, it's good to be with you again.
0: I wanted to do, because I was off on Friday and I wanted to talk about it, and it's good that we waited a day because (laughs) Molly Hemingway wrote a piece over the weekend, but before she wrote a piece over the weekend, and people can follow her at Molly on Twitter, you named her, you in, in Hillsdale College welcomed author and journalist Molly Hemingway as a senior journalism fellow to its growing campus in Washington, D.C. Tell us about the growing campus, which we often do, the Kirby Center, and about the journalism program and about Molly, Matt.
1: Well, there's a, there's a lot there, a lot going on. Um, Hillsdale, we, we are expanding our campus in Washington, D.C. Uh, as you well know, you've been there many times. We're adding uh, teachers for our undergraduates. We're adding new programs. We're getting ready, if all things go well, to start a graduate school in Washington, D.C. More on that uh, in the future. Uh, And now we've added Molly Hemingway. And and the particular reason there, we have a very um, longstanding and and a very good journalism program. You know, one, one of the things we do is we teach our students about the liberal arts and all the great things about the true, the good, and the beautiful but we also want to give them skills to try to, try to change opinions in our country and to uh, restore its uh, key principles and go into, the political, go into politics in the public square. One area where we think a lot of work can be done, and, and our students have shown a lot of um, success uh, writing for many papers and getting involved in radio and television, uh, is in journalism. And we have uh, had a, a very active program on the main campus. We've always wanted to have somebody here in Washington, DC. to essentially be the face of the program uh, to teach our students when they come back to DC to help them uh, get into journalism positions and advance their careers. And uh, we Dr. R and I have both known Molly Hemingway for for some time. Admire her. her and her husband Mark, were pulling fellows on campus a few years ago. She is an excellent journalist. Uh, she is one of the few who actually follows facts in, in her investigations and her work. And uh, we've been talking to her for some time, and now we've made her our senior journalism fellow to do just that. And I think it's going to be a great addition to uh, to our program. It'll be great for our students, our students who have already been working with her. And uh, she's going to be just fabulous, and it is a important expansion of our uh, activities here in Washington, D.C.
0: No, I can't imagine anyone who listens to this program, or very few people listen to this program, not knowing who Molly is or what she does. But for the benefit of those Steeler fans out there, Molly helped launch and is a senior editor of the online magazine The Federalist, uh, which has become one of the most influential voices in politics. It's got millions of readers. She's a Fox News contributor. She's a regular on the All-Star panel with Brett Baer. She's a regular guest on Media Buzz with Howard Kurtz. She's appeared in the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, LA Times, Guardian, Post, Atlantic, Claremont Review of Books, National Review, Christianity Today. She and uh, she's got a new book coming out called Justice on Trial. And she and her husband, Mark, have been at every Alliance Defending Freedom seminar that I have led for the media over the past many years where con law and religious freedom meet. I just got to tell you, there is actually no one better in the country. She's the right age, the right skill set, the, the right combination of media platforms to reach down and inspire young journalists. Now, you don't have a journalism major, Hillsdale. No, Everyone you, takes liberal arts, but there's a that's minor.
1: That's right. Well, like everything else, we don't have an education major either. We think you actually should learn something. <laughs> so you take English or, Marvelous. or politics, but then you can minor So You can do a journalism minor. Um, and our students, uh, we have a, a, an excellent student paper. They they come back here. They work at magazines and and uh, newspapers. We have people at the Wall Street Journal. So it's a, it's an excellent program, and she will be a wonderful addition to that. Because you know, right now with so much discussion about fake news and and not good journalism, I I read the papers every day, several papers, and I'm always struck by how journalists don't ask that question that's obvious, there's bits of information uh, missing, and they don't follow the path that the facts uh, take them. Um, you know, Molly does. She's one of a handful of journalists we can point to, I think, who remained level-headed in, in recent controversies and just followed that investigative work. you know her and most trenchant, a great model for our students.
0: Her most trenchant observation, which I do not have in front of me, I just remember it, is how she observed at dinner one night with her husband, Mark, who's a fine journalist as well. Not just that often Beltway conventional wisdom is wrong, but that when you disagree with Beltway conventional wisdom, they get mad at the person disagreeing. They don't merely note or or examine the disagreement. They get angry and collectively attempt to erase the dissent. It's the herd mentality. Now, I I have lots of friends who are at the White House Correspondents Association dinner. I got nothing against them. I went last year. I thought it was pretty despicable, and I don't think I'll ever go again, uh, much less be invited again, because I just thought it was despicable. But the herd mentality represented inside beltway journalism not by everyone probably let's say 70 percent 30 percent are not there they get angry with the molly hemingways of the world when molly refuses to knuckle under we're going to talk about that after the break with her clarence thomas piece but she does not knuckle under
1: no that that's that's right i mean so much of our politics today and here we're talking about journalism but you've already alluded to other areas there really is is dominated by this sense of a a, a, uh, a consensus, and you have to join the bandwagon in journalism, in politics, in the academic world. And if you don't, you're ostracized. And increasingly, you're in, intensely ostracized to the point of, such as with the correspondence dinner, it's not very fun anymore. They've lost their sense of, uh, of humor, and, and journalists have lost that sense of of going after stories and being independent and following ideas and and herd mentality is, is is really is right if you don't go along with that you're outside of the mainstream to the point where you have to be destroyed and it it's terrible for our journalism left right or center this is not the way it should be occurring we need good journalists we need more well trained journalists who know how to write and think and do and and pursue their pursue their art and i think molly is really the best out there
0: uh, she is and and i i now want to turn to as a teaser for the next segment what she wrote over the weekend and hillsdale is a nonpartisan institution that involved itself in partisan politics dr Arnon, you and i have often talked about what's going on in the world of partisan politics but not from a perspective of hillsdale taking a side there's a big democratic primary underway one of the participants is joseph biden molly and i want to put her whole piece on the record Began with this paragraph. Former Vice President Joe Biden repeatedly said on The View on Friday, that's the television show, that he believed Anita Hill from the moment he heard her tale of sexual harassment by Clarence Thomas. But Joe Biden had previously told Arlen Specter that it was clear her testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee included lies. That's the first paragraph. Well, we'll just stop there. That is, by the way, great journalism because it sets up the premise. Joe Biden said X. And then it adds a fact, but Joe Biden said not X earlier. That's what good journalism does.
1: And, and she's doing it in the face of right now, the, the at this moment, uh, she's going back and looking something up and reviewing something that happened in the past that has a factual basis that she believes is good to bring out. So it, it, it's a great example of, ha- of of how a good instinct of a journalist. Is to go back and check things and it turns out that oftentimes our memories are false or what happened in our perceptions of what happened in the past are just not correct um, and that's that's a very good sign uh, for how to how to help us and helps how to help political thinkers think through this mess of things we're in right now we need more people like that
0: and in fact when she notes that at the conclusion of the Thomas hearings in 1991 58% of Americans believe Clarence Thomas and only 24% believed Anita Hill. That will shock young people who are growing right. up in a conventional wisdom that Anita Hill is widely believed. One minute to the break, Matt Spaulding.
1: No, I, I think that's right. I mean, I mean, they don't remember that. They don't remember these characters. It's it's. It goes back to your point about herd mentality. The the modern media uh, assumes certain narratives, and over time, they maintain certain narratives such that anybody who breaks out of the mold, in this case going back to see what actually happened, is, is, is radically outside of, of their, um, uh, what they should be doing and, and can't be allowed. But that's exactly what journalism means and what a good journalist should do in their investigations. And I think that's a great example of that.
0: I'll be right back with Matthew Spaulding is the vice president of the Hillsdale Center's Kirby Center. In Washington, D.C., a lantern of sweet reason in the shadow of the Capitol, talking about the Molly Hemingway piece in the Federalist, which is so important to the debate and the campaign ahead. Don't go anywhere, America. It's the Hugh Hewitt Show. 22 minutes after the hour, America, it's Hugh Hewitt. That's music from Breakthrough, the movie in theaters everywhere. Great movie. It is the Hillsdale Dialogue. All things Hillsdale are found at hillsdale.edu, including online courses, On the Constitution, the founding, the progressive movement, just World War II, the Second World War, as we call it. And they also have at Hillsdale the Kirby Center, which is located close to Capitol Hill. It's a wonderful center of learning for both the elected and the representative and the bureaucratic and students. They got lots of student interns there. Hillsdale turns out great journalism minors. They will now be mentored by Molly Hemingway. I'm talking with Matthew Spaulding, the vice president of Hillsdale and the leader. He's the head, the dean of education programs for Hillsdale in Washington, D.C. Matt, if I can go back in this short segment to what Molly wrote on the weekend. Not only did I didn't vote for Clarence Thomas, I believed her from the beginning. I was against Clarence Thomas. I did everything in my power to defeat Clarence Thomas. And he won by the smallest margin ever won going on the Supreme Court, Joe Biden told The View's Joy Behar- But in 1998, Molly Hemingway wrote over the weekend, Biden admitted to Spector that, quote, it was clear to me from the way that she was answering the questions, Hill was lying about a key part of her testimony. Right. The exchange was published in Spector's 2000 memoir, Passion for Truth, from finding JFK's single bullet to questioning Anita Hill to impeaching Clinton. Molly adds the issue is important as the media and other partisans rewrite the historical record about Hill and her accusations. The widely watched hearings revealed inaccuracy in Hill's version of events and ended up with 58% of Americans believing Thomas and only 24% believing Hill, as I said in the last segment. There was no gap between the sexes and the results. In the intervening years, activists have relentlessly attempted to change the narrative, writing fan fiction about Hill, bestowing honors on her, and asserting that her disputed allegations were credible. That is the key thing, Matt Spalding. History doesn't change the facts, but facts are changed as history proceeds and narratives arrive.
1: No, that's right. And the question is, who plays a role in changing that narrative? And I think Molly is pointing it out there. I mean, what I found interesting about that article and, and being reminded of all this was the extent to which uh, Biden, as, as chairman of the Judiciary Committee, was in a, in, in a dilemma uh, trying to be fair in those hearings um, he was against Thomas He, he um, it, and, and wanted to get rid of Thomas. As you recall, the, the most vivid thing I remember from those hearings was before the Anita Hill story came out, you might recall, Biden opens those hearings with an attack on Clarence Thomas about his judicial philosophy and his connections to natural law. There was actually a, a, a amazing debate over that question before it even got to this. He's trying to oppose... Um, uh, thomas he's trying to be fair but he doubts uh, her her uh her testimony he has questions about it there are all sorts of ways in which it doesn't add up and now today all these years later here's where you see the gap between his 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 performance as chairman of the judiciary Committee and today given where we've gotten to in the the with identity politics and the vast changes in how we describe these things it on the view his a uh, ability, his difficulty in trying to address that, given the facts of the past and today's politics. Um, he, they want him to apologize. They want him to renege on what he did or did not do at the time. Um, we go back and review those facts. We just see that gap very obvious to to anybody who's willing to read it, and The question is, what has changed in the meantime in terms of the narrative and the politics of it? And now we're going back and rewriting history. I I think he's getting caught in that very problem within liberalism of of trying to rewrite history. And now he's in the middle of it.
0: And and you don't get to do it. 30 seconds, Matt. I, I don't know that any other journalist besides Molly has yet brought this up. But it is the obligation of every journalist to be acquainted with these facts and to confront the vice president with them.
1: No, and constantly go back and check your facts and remember things. You know, the journalists, are, we think of them as fighting right now over what's going on today, but, but journalists in many ways are our, our, our national memory to go back to those facts and bring them forward again. That's what journalists have done well in the past, and we need more of that. And she, I think, is, is, is doing that here, great example, um, and it'll play out more as we go forward. The left doesn't remember facts anymore.
0: Vice President Biden in Western Pennsylvania today making his official announcement in person at a Teamsters Hall. But we are reading Molly Hemingway, new senior journalism fellow at Hillsdale College with Matt Spaulding at Kirby Center. Her piece on the weekend about Joe Biden and Anita Hill from 1998. Don't go anywhere, America. It's the Hugh Hewitt Show. Welcome back, America. To Hugh Hewitt. The Hillsdale Dialogue special Monday edition is underway on the Hugh Hewitt Show. Thank you for watching on the Univision. If you're watching at HughHewitt.com or listening on any of our 200-plus affiliates or over the air at HughHewitt.com, Hillsdale Dialogue is usually Friday, and it will be back on Friday, but I skipped it on this Friday because I wanted to talk to Matt Spaulding, the vice president of Hillsdale College, on this Monday about their weekend announcement uh, that Molly Hemingway, whom we well know from the All-Star panel on Brett Baer's show on Fox, as well as uh, The Federalist, has been named Senior Journalism Fellow at Hillsdale College. She has a magnificent piece. Now, I want to remind everyone, Hillsdale College is not partisan. So Molly's piece on Joe Biden and Anita Hill is Ah. not a partisan piece. It is a piece that recounts history. And Matt, if you'll indulge me a couple of minutes of reading. I want people to, to hear what Molly writes about. She continues, on The View last week, Joe Biden claimed, quote, if you go back and look at what I said and I didn't say, I don't think I treated her badly. I took on her opposition. What I couldn't figure out how to do, and we still haven't figured out, is how do you stop people from asking inflammatory questions? Prominent media partisans attacked then-ranking minority member Arlen Specter for asking tough questions of Anita Hill. Or really, just for asking simple questions, she struggled to answer back in 1991. one. Spectre began by noting that many people had reported Hill had praised Clarence Thomas' nomination to the Supreme Court. These included a former colleague at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, where both Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas had worked years prior. Another person corroborated the colleague's claim. Anita Hill disputed their claim. She also disputed the former dean of her law school, who said she had praised Clarence Thomas as, quote, a fine man and an excellent legal scholar. Then Hill claimed she didn't know a woman named Phyllis Berry, who had told The New York Times that Anita Hill's allegations, quote, were the result of Ms. Hill's disappointment and frustration that Mr. Thomas did not show any sexual interest in her. Under questioning from Specter, Molly Hemingway continues, in which he mentioned that two colleagues had provided statements attesting that she knew Barry, Hill was forced to concede that she knew her and had worked with her at the EEOC. In other words, a lie. Molly didn't write that, but I will say that. Arlen Specter then asked Anita Hill about the major contradictions between her testimony to the Senate and her interviews with the FBI. Her testimony with the Senate was much more colorful and descriptive, even though it took place just days after her FBI interviews. Finally, Spector asked Hill about a USA Today article that claimed, quote, Anita Hill was told by Senate staffers that her signed affidavit alleged sexual harassment by Clarence Thomas would be the instrument that, quote, quietly and behind the scenes would force Thomas to withdraw his name. Spector read from the article, quote, Keith Henderson, a 10-year friend of Anita Hill and former Senate Judiciary Committee staffer, says Hill was advised by Senate staffers that her charge would be kept secret and her name kept from public scrutiny. Later, it said, quote, they would approach Judge Thomas with the information that he would withdraw and not turn this into a big story, Henderson says. "Specter asked her if this was true, attempting to find out what Senate Democrats had arranged with Hill. Nine times Anita Hill denied the claim, demurred, or otherwise attempted to get away from the question. She said she could vividly remember events related to Thomas from many years prior, but couldn't quite remember the conversation from weeks prior. I'll read what Specter said about that, but do you notice what, what Molly is doing here matt she is methodically building up a record from 1991 to remind people 28 years later that history right, matters
1: right. no that that's right she's going back and and figuring these things out that's a what what the passage you read there of course is a great walking through uh the 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 testimony the cross-examination uh by senator specter which then is going to lead up, which I think you're going to go into, is, is which got you know Biden, uh, convinced Biden that she had said some lies, but she points out the discrepancies here by adding up the times she denied something, what was said, what what wasn't said, uh, to establish the factual record to come to a conclusion. It you you, you read this and you juxtapose it to a piece you see day to day in one of the leading newspapers that. Uh, the the article has uh, an objective and a narrative it wants to play out and it does whatever it needs to get there what I like about this essay and the other things that Molly writes uh, is the extent to which she she has a premise um, and, and a thesis but then she just basically works through and follows the facts and sees where they where they go and she puts the facts together uh, to to make her case um, that, strikes me as what a good good journalist should do and in this case this is precisely the kind of journalism that is going to go back and establish that historical record that is going to put people like someone like uh, uh, Vice President Biden in, in a spot given today's politics and, and the discrepancy between what happened then the facts which were overwhelmingly accepted by the American people uh, and understood in, in a certain way and and today, in which especially the, the base of his own party uh, won't abide by those opinions um, in, in, in the context of today's looking at uh, the, the immediate circumstances of, of, you know, the politics necessary to get the Democratic nomination. There's now, a real I, gap there, and, and the facts uh, <laughs> facts are hard things to work with, as John Adams might say.
0: Yeah, and now I've got to say, we're about to quote Arlen Specter's memoir from 1998, The Anita Hill charges and Clarence Thomas confirmation came in 1991 so Arlen Specter's book is seven years later and it's hearsay and so a good journalist isn't afraid to point out that it's hearsay but people should remember Arlen Specter is the credible witness because he switched parties he was also a prosecutor and he played a prominent role with Biden this is what Molly Hemingway quotes from Arlen Specter's book quote after this exchange Biden recessed the committee Biden told me Arlen Specter in November of 1998 It was clear to me the way she was answering the questions, she was lying. At that point, I truncated the hearing and recessed it early for lunch, Biden said. I turned to my chief of staff and said, go down and tell her lawyers that if her recollection is not refreshed by the time she gets back, I will be compelled to pursue the same line of questioning the Senator Spector did, because it seems to me she did what he said. Biden as the committee's chairman and top Democrat would have carried great sway if he had suggested publicly that Hill was lying when she repeatedly answered questions about Thomas's potential withdrawal by saying she didn't remember. Then Molly switches back to the current. She quoted Spector. And then she says, now that Biden's running for president again, Biden may be trying to avoid the reality of Hill's weak testimony or his role in encouraging her to answer the questions forthrightly. But in 1991, when Hill came back from lunch, her story had changed. Quote, there was some indication that the candidate, excuse me, the nominee might not wish to continue the process, Hill finally admitted, asked to clarify whether a particular staffer had told her that Thomas might not wish to continue to go forward with the nomination. If you came forward, Hill again admitted yes. This exchange was just one example, writes Molly, of why so many Americans outside of the liberal media thought Hill lacked credibility. Spectre credited Biden's warning to Hill about her lies as helping her with eroding, hel- as helping her with her eroding credibility. Hill's afternoon modification of her morning testifor- testimony, therefore, was not only deliberated, deliberate, but calculated to avoid greater erosion to her credibility. I'll read more about this, but what is what Molly Hemingway has just done there is remind everyone that Joe Biden helped defeat Anita Hill. Maybe not knowingly, but right, he right. did. Well, he, was,
1: th- he was trying to help her right. <laughs> maintain some credibility. By, by having his staff intervene with her to point out that she probably was lying about something, and she better get that record straight. He was the chairman of the committee trying to be, to be fair as a proceeding, but also being fair in a way that would be against uh, – he, he opposed Justice Thomas, and he was trying to help his key witness.
0: And now so it was interesting – I had forgotten this part. I remembered a bunch of of different stuff because I was on the radio at that time. I was outraged. I don't know Justice Thomas well. I've met him a few times. I know Virginia a little bit, but I don't know Justice Thomas well. But we were colleagues together on the combined federal campaign back in the day. And so I was watching this very closely and was outraged by this. But what I had forgotten is that she had been told If you just make these allegations, he'll drop out. Now, that's what happened with Doug Ginsburg when he was nominated to replace uh, the Bork nomination, and he withdrew after allegations he had smoked marijuana came up in 1987. And so the Democrats thought they had a playbook. They ran the same playbook against Brett Kavanaugh, and it didn't work in last year either, uh, Matt Spaulding.
1: Well, this is a great review, and, and the fact that Molly's also written a book about the Kavanaugh hearings is going to be interesting. Because this is a, a, an interesting series of things to remember, telling us about the history of Supreme Court nominations and uh, their testimony before the United States Senate. Um, the, the, it, it's changed over the years. this This occurrence, the the Thomas hearings occurred at a time when the the chairman of of the Senate Judiciary Committee, a Democrat who opposed the nominee, the Democratic Party had a majority of the United States Senate. He didn't like the nominee. He still thought a process had to be gone through, and they were trying to figure out ways to get him to withdraw. I don't think the intention was that for that story to come out. I think she got caught up in that, um, and he pointed that out, trying to be, um, have the proceedings fair. He was trying to help her with her credibility, and now here we are 30 years later where all the gloves are off, Uh, And not only are these things brought up behind the scenes, hoping that the nominee might withdraw, there are these public fights. It's all done up front. Uh, All the laundry is out, and we're fighting to the death, uh, which you see in the Kavanaugh hearings. And it's all done publicly in front of the committee. Um, The politics have changed in the meantime. Uh, the, The way we look at politics, the way the parties look at politics, the way the activists look at politics everything is political in a way that it wasn't uh just a few just years ago decades ago especially uh, such that you know biden's got a foot in each one of those worlds and how he maneuvers in that and how he thinks it through and how he presents himself is going to be very difficult especially when he's asked questions about his actions 30 years ago versus today and, and- i think we're seeing in his consternation in his difficulty to do that we're seeing the the change and the um, uh, radical transformation of, of how politics is discussed, uh, from being a matter about a, a nomination in a broad uh, a, a, a process that was that was intent, attempted to be fair, um, uh, but a trying to oppose candidate to today, where uh, it's all politics and all search and destroy processes.
0: All search and destroy. I'll be right back with. Matt Spaulding of the Kirby Center Hillsdale Dialogue continues after the break. Don't go anywhere as we continue with Molly Hemingway's piece. Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt. That is the soundtrack of Breakthrough. Great movie in theaters now. I want you to go see it. I am doing the Hillsdale Dialogue both Monday and Friday of this week. Hillsdale.edu is where you find everything Hillsdale. But if you want to listen to the dialogues, all of them, back to 2013, they are collected at hue 4 hillsdalecom Last week with Dr. On on Brexit chaos, we did a couple of weeks on the Mueller report, the Electoral College on March 22nd, the college admissions scandal on March 15th, the case for Trump with Victor Davis Hanson on March 8th. They're all collected over at Hugh for Hillsdale.com and everything online uh, at Hillsdale.edu. My guest this week, Dr. Matt Spaulding, who is the vice president of Hillsdale College, the dean for education at the Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., you know, man, I want people to understand I can't read the entire Molly Hemingway piece. But what matters here is what mattered to me. I was so exercised on the radio back then because any trained lawyer knew that Anita Hill was lying uh, and that that comes through and the record is recreated. But we are now living in a post-truth age with Joe Biden being able to tell Joy Behar that he did the best he could when, in fact, he knows she was lying, but the narrative of today allows him to get away, and no one presses him on it. And that, to me, they press Trump on everything, and I get that, but the fact-checking industry ought to be fact-checking Biden every time he's asked about Anita Hill because the vice president has changed his tune.
1: Well, look, you. I mean, I think the key thing which, which— we need to understand here is how the 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 terms of our politics have so changed. Um, today it, it's no longer about uh, facts as we refer to here in the case of journalism, but also just more generally, it's not about finding the ground or the truth behind an argument. it's It's not about arguments for that matter um, the 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 development and the 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 gap uh, going forward between uh, that view of the world and a more kind of deconstructive view of of, of the world is becoming more and more apparent. I, I think this has been becoming clear for some number of years now. It's not just the current president that's brought all this out. It was becoming obvious, and I think that uh, the, the current president has kind of pulled the curtain back to reveal a lot of this uh, going on, especially in our culture, in our cultural elites, of which I would include the modern journalist, um, and now we're seeing it in our politics, which is um, it's really about kind of your, 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 your self-actualization. Uh, it's about identity politics. It's about uh, empowerment. We're seeing it going on in the Democratic primary, and we're seeing it now being caught up in, with uh, Vice President Biden. What's interesting about him, I think, is the extent to which he is, a, a vest- on the one hand, a vestige of the past, of a, uh, of a Democratic Party that in many ways was uh, kind of the old left, of a, a certain degree of moderation and, and some sense of fairness, although they were fighting their battles. He opposed uh, Clarence Thomas. Um, and yet he's trying to be a political figure today, and the difficulty uh, you know, he's seeing uh, points to that decision. And now he's trying to go back and rewrite the past, uh, to show that he is more uh, acceptable to the modern identity politics, I think it just points to the the change that has occurred over time that has uh, uh, come over our our society and our culture. and Now we're seeing playing out, and we're at this moment where I think our politics are all laid laid open to bear. Uh, it's open field politics, in my opinion, and. And we're coming to the point where the American people are going to have to get involved and decide in what kind of country are we, where do we want to go, um, and how do we rebuild some sort of semblance of, uh, of a politics to allow us to have a structure to go forward. It's hard to imagine, as, as frustrating as it is to look back to those original Clarence Thomas hearings, it's hard to imagine a hearing like that occurring in this day and age after we've gone to the Kavanaugh hearing.
0: It is. And and one last bit of the record. On The View, the interlocutor, Joy, told Biden that people were upset he hadn't allowed other women to testify against Thomas. Biden explained he tried to get them to testify, writes Molly Hemingway, but there were problems, and forcing them to testify may have been worse for Hill. Last minute to you, uh, uh, Matt Spaulding, that's exactly what happened with Kavanaugh, and nobody remembered the Hill example because the media... Has disappeared it. 30 seconds, my friend. Well,
1: part of it is you have to – what is the objective? The objective of much of the modern media and much of modern culture is not to, to pursue facts and find out – make arguments and, and pursue the truth. It's to pursue an agenda. It's, it's, it has an objective. It's it's kind of trying to upend and achieve a, a politics through their narrative. And we've just got to see through that and get back to some serious ideas of truth and that's one of the reasons why we want to train good journalists in in, in in America so they can serve our country and help it correct its path and why having Molly Hemingway teach our students is so important.
0: Well said, Matthew Spaulding. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. If you're a youngster out there who wants to go into the business, no better place to train than Hillsdale College and no better person to train under than... Molly Hemingway and Matt Spalding and Larry Arn on the whole team at hillsdale.edu. Come back, hour number three of the Hugh Hewitt Show straight ahead.